before we get to today's episode, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media accounts on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at College Hockey Talk for all updates on college hockey and this podcast. Also, follow our Spotify account and subscribe to our Apple Podcast page and leave a rating and review. Doing these things helps our podcast grow, helps new people find us, and I would really appreciate it if you did those things. It means a lot. Make sure you also follow our new TikTok account at College Hockey Talk for clips from this podcast. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by a very special guest, former UNH women's hockey player, Nicole Dunbar. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Nicole, and thank you so much for coming on. How's everything going? So far, so good. Thank you for having me. No problem, man. Uh, you graduated college last year, so what have you been doing since? Any hockey or just been working? Um, so a little bit of hockey here and there. Um, I live in Orange County, California, uh, right on Newport Beach. So um, I just moved out here three weeks ago onto the peninsula. So there's a, actually a pretty renowned uh, roller hockey scene here. Um, it's right on the blacktop, literally right on the beach. So I'm a big uh, member of that. I go to it um, every Saturday and watch the guys play. Sometimes I get a couple shifts in, but um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. It's been way more low key um, and I love it. I'm in medical sales right now. Um, I do that from 6.30 a.m. to 3 every day, Monday through Friday, and I love it. Um, it was a hard adjustment, 100%, like kind of living that college student athlete life and then just going into like a corporate like setting and sitting at a desk all day. It's a little tough, but um, I mean, those are the things you just have to adjust to when you get older. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And talk, what's it like living in California? Because just watching the news, it seems like it's lockdown central over there compared to other places in the U.S., yeah, for sure. I mean, um, Orange County, it's a little bit different. Um, it's not like the city like LA. LA County is uh, <laughs> a little bit more crazy in that regard. Uh, I think it's a little bit more populated than Orange County is. So um, everything's pretty much open now. I mean, um, Newport Beach is its own special kind of uh, uh, area. So I mean, now it's pretty much open so I can't complain at all I mean the beach they don't really close that down too much um not at least not anymore so can't complain yeah definitely and doing those roller hockey things like you mentioned that you get shifts in do you ever like try to dangle the guys and score some <laughs> unbelievable goals or do you not want to show up because I'm assuming there's you know? no D1 athletes playing in that yeah there's a well it's kind of like a different scene there are a couple uh hockey like collegiate guys that come out and play a couple pro ice hockey guys as well it's actually really really high in talent um I try but it's ball hockey so like a whole different it's like a whole different skill set playing um with the with that uh but (laughs) yeah I enjoy it I mean I just kind of do it for fun um I don't really get mad at myself too much it's Mm -hmm. completely different skill set playing with the ball rather than a puck (laughs) Now, have you been watching any college hockey since leaving UNH? Not so much, to be honest. Um, I have, I did follow the girls a little bit. Um, I'd always, I actually did tune into their games, but just UNH games, to be honest. Um, and then I did watch the Frozen Four. It's always entertaining. Um, 
can't miss that. But other than that, like Hockey East, I didn't watch too many games. Just wanted to support um, all the girls that are still playing that I knew. So, yeah, here and there, but not a lot. Was it weird seeing someone wear your own number? Because I think that's something that people don't talk about when you leave college is someone has to take your number. It is a little, like, I mean, it happens to everyone. It is a little weird. You're like, whoa, like, different skating stride, a little bit different um, style of play. Um, but <clears throat> I, I don't know much about who has my number now, but I hope she's representing it well. <laughs> I'm not gonna say I don't think she has any big shoes to fill or anything I was (laughs) pretty okay hockey but but yeah it is weird seeing someone else wear your your old old number for sure now I want to transition a little bit and talk about the beginning of your hockey career work it all the way up to what you're up to now so you're from California uh how'd you start playing hockey and falling in love with the sport especially in an area like California where hockey isn't really that well known yeah um so I have two older brothers um, I grew up in a town called Cota de Casa. It's more like a golf and racket kind of area. Um, but they used to have back in the day, like 1994, when my brother used to just started to play hockey, they transitioned these tennis courts um, into roller rinks, kind of. So my brother um, was able to get into that at a really young age. And then Um, Just through that, I mean, I was born in 1998, um, and I kind of just grew up around those, like, tennis court, like, hockey ranks, and then once he got a little bit more serious about it and started to, like, play for club teams, um, I just grew up around the rinks, a little rink rat. Um, I started playing roller hockey when I was probably, like, three years old. As soon as I can, like, start walking and, like, put the blades on, that's that's what I did. and then I transitioned to ice hockey when I was six years old. Um, my dad made me do that, and I'm super grateful. Um, all the opportunities for, for women to get into um, college sports, I, like, it was an amazing thing that he made me transition to ice um, at a young age. And then I, was, I bounced on teams. I played boys hockey um, up until it, they started checking and got a little bit bigger than me. Um, so that was probably – around 14, but I played for all the Orange County teams. There's Anaheim Junior Ducks. I played for the KHS Wildcats, Yorba Linda Blackhawks. Um, And then for girls hockey, I played for the California Wave, uh, 16 AAA and the Lady Ducks here and there. But I also lived in Germany for two years. So that's like kind of unconventional compared to most players. Um, I lived there in 2000. 11 to 2013 and I play boys hockey there it's a little bit of different style of play so <clears throat> I, they don't check as much as like North American hockey players check uh, so playing boys hockey there was kind of an adjustment just because they're way faster but I think honestly that's like what kind of was a turning point in my game um, I had to keep up with boys um, for a long time and I think that really translated into when I played with girls, I was way faster than the majority of, of, of the others. So, yeah, I was, I was all over the place. Uh, and then I also played in Canada for my senior year of high school. Uh, so it was a lot of transition in, like, my high school years. I lived in three different countries in four years. Um, so super unique. Um, <laughs> I don't know if some people don't really like to move around a lot, but I honestly think uh, looking back um, kind of made me more, more cultured and, like, more uh, just 
susceptible to like change. Um, yeah, and then I went to UNH. I got recruited when I was 16 years old, or 17, 16 or 17, I can't even remember at this point. But uh, yeah, and then played at UNH, great four years. <laughs> and who was your favorite player growing up? Like anyone you admired in the NHL or any women's hockey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this one's kind of weird. I, I don't think like everybody maybe like be like, oh, like Sidney Crosby, but I liked Chris Kunitz. Um, he played at the Ducks. Uh, he won a cup there in 07, and then he got bounced to the Pittsburgh Penguins, my favorite team. Um, and then he won two more cups with them. And then I believe he won another cup with Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. So he, he got bounced around, um, but I always loved watching him. He's a pretty gritty guy, um, good four-checker. Um, pretty, I don't think he got enough credit than um, like a lot of his other uh, teammates that he played with. But, yeah, he's my favorite player. Yeah, he's super underrated. Is he the one who got traded for Ryan Whitney? And he always talks about it. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. so funny. <laughs> now, talk about the California hockey scene. What's it like? Because I know it's growing uh, just because, especially for women's hockey, because I know Dominique Petrie, she's from California. Annie Pankowski, she won a national championship with Wisconsin. She's mm-hmm. from California. So just talk about the California hockey scene and growing up in it. Yeah, well, it's a very tight community. Um, everyone knows each other, and it's super – it's kind of a cool uh, thing. Like, you play in um, – like, in Hockey East, like, you play against uh, – some of the, the other girls and you're like, you just kind of, if you weren't friends with them, like when you were younger, you just kind of give each other like shin taps, just kind of like a cool atmosphere for sure. But yeah, growing up, I mean, like thinking about like the college experience and like knowing that path was kind of a tough road. Um, there wasn't really much guidance in that regard. I mean, I feel like a lot of the Boston kids and kids from the East coast kind of like, know like what to do how to get recruited because it's so like it's right there in your backyard um growing up in california you have to travel to these showcases and um all these tournaments just to get seen and um i mean you have to have like a really close family i think with that um it takes a lot of just got like family support for sure just to um be able to go to those tournaments um uh yeah it was tough like you think about they I feel like they would always kind of uh, like screw over the California kids we'd we'd fly out to the the tournaments and they'd give us like 5 a 5 a.m games and like on California time that's like 2 or 3 a.m like that's kind of a tough transition I I feel like they would always do that to us but you know you just have to grind it out um and then but for us to go out to those um tournaments like you really do have to play your a game just to get recruited by um all the colleges um there's not really much room for error um you really do have to like show up and play at your best in order to get seen and you played for the anaheim lady ducks like you just mentioned Uh, just talk about your experience there and what was that like yeah it was okay um (laughs) i'm more of a california wave hockey player i feel like i really developed with them they're a little bit not as renowned as the Lady Ducks. I mean, anytime you're like the Lady Ducks are obviously affiliated with the Anaheim Ducks NHL team, but um, I was the California Wave. I really liked their program. Um, they pr- made me a really good player, built confidence there. Um, but that was only short-lived. I didn't play that much um, girls hockey like in California for very long. So when I was in high school, at least. So. 
yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, he then went on to play for the Canadian International Hockey Academy. Uh, how'd you get the opportunity to go to Canada and play with that academy? Yeah, so how it all happened, my the team, the California Wave team folded. We didn't have enough players. Everybody was a little bit younger, so they wanted to stay in the 16 AAA age group opposed to going up to the 19 AAA group. And um, I didn't feel comfortable playing for the Lady Ducks, so I decided to go to um, um, a board, like go to a different boarding school. Um, and so I chose CIH. They provided um, everything that I needed. Um, I needed a good academic school, so they were really good in that regard. And their whole hockey situation over there is really cool. They have a rink and classrooms, like, like they're like locker rooms are probably like five steps away and then your classrooms like another five steps away so it's like really cool dynamic there I mean you lived on campus um it was like a little it was a tiny tiny prep school I'm an 85th one there um so like 60 boys and 20 girls um really tight-knit community um and then world-class uh coaching staff that they had there um and yeah I it was actually a really tough year for me to like transitioning from California to Canada, um, first time away from home. Uh, so that was a really tough transition, um, thinking about it, but, uh, uh, I wouldn't change it in the world. Looking back at it, I'm like, Hey, that was a really like good time for me to progress as a hockey player and as an individual. As soon as I got into UNH, um, after CIH, I felt like I was way ahead of everybody, like mentally and like I was physically CIH like made me actually really really strong because there's like a basically a tiny D1 program um, but just in a smaller setting so yeah it was a tough year but uh, looking back I think it's what really made me um, good like had a good start to UNH. Yeah, and how'd you mentally adjust to moving around from uh, from California to Germany to Canada like how'd you deal with that mentally being far away from home? Yeah well the Germany move was tough uh, just because it's a whole do different uh, culture, but luckily I had my mom and dad uh, to help me out with that. So that adjustment wasn't that bad as, not as crazy to me. Uh, but yeah, mentally like that, I think that move from Germany uh, just made me way more open-minded. So when I, when we moved back to California, that was a little bit easier. Um, and then when I went to Canada, I think just being open-minded and just kind of, like having that mindset of just letting everything go with the flow and not worry too much about stuff like that. I think that's what kind of helped me um, uh, be okay. Now, what was your favorite memory you've ever had with CIHA? Oh, let's see. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> we would bust down from Ontario. We went, so CIH is located in Rockland, Ontario. It's like right in between Ottawa and Montreal. And um, so we would bus like all the way down from there down to Washington, D.C. And just I just remember all of us like cooped up in this bus like <laughs> for 13 or I don't even know how many hours. It was way too long for a bus trip. But uh, just I don't know, those kind of memories, just being with the girls um, on the bus, like you, you really get to know each other really well. in those like <laughs> those long bus trips, like there's no. There's no room to hide or anything like that. So everybody's uh, pretty crazy um, or you get to see the craziness with those. So I, 
yeah, those are the things I miss. And obviously with you and H, like our bus trips, uh, we'd have some pretty long ones too. And um, those are, they're, they're a good time. Mm-hmm, definitely. And talk about your recruitment process for a little bit. What made you want to go to UNH? Yeah, so I was um, recruited by 14 schools. Um, <clears throat> and UNH, I actually, it's kind of weird, but I didn't really consider them in the beginning of my recruiting process. Um, I went to a showcase in Boston. It was like a Boston Share Rocks Invitational or something like that. And uh, my coaches saw me. Um, the head coach and the assistant coach were there. Hillary Witt and uh, Bill Bowes were there. And um, I got a phone call um, probably not that same weekend. And uh, they asked me to take a tour of the school. And I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm in the area. Uh, I'll make, I was in Boston. So I was like, I'll make that our, our trip up North. And, um, it was in the, I think we it got dumped on by snow that year. I think it was 2015. So it was a pretty big snow year. And, uh, I remember walking around California, like I didn't have like a proper coat. I was probably wearing like running sneakers, <laughs> not equipped at all. <laughs> But um, we were walking around the campus and I just fell in love with the campus itself. And I was like, all right, if I like it when it's like this snowy, I'll probably like it when it's in the good weather. Um, so that was my main thing. I really wanted to like the campus and like the atmosphere of that before I like looked at the, the athletic part of the school. Uh, they had a really good business school. Um, and so that's what also interested me. And then at the end of the tour, we went to the Whittemore Center, um, and then I fell in love with the Olympic size rank. I'm a quick player, so uh, that was a big thing for me. Uh, but yeah, I committed probably two weeks later after uh, seeing the campus, and uh, it was the best decision of my life probably <laughs> so far. <laughs> yeah, and what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to college hockey? Was it the speed of the game, mental side of the game, or was it the playing in the Olympic ice sheet since you have more space? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I would say the style, like the competitiveness of play. Um, California hockey, at least when you played against the girls, it wasn't too competitive, uh, but everybody in D1 hockey is good. Uh, so that was definitely the biggest adjustment. Um, different, totally quicker. Um, so, yeah, that was that. Now, what was the biggest improvement you've made uh, to your game in college? Mm. I would say just probably making, like, faster decisions. I mean, when you played against the girls at a younger age, you didn't have to, like – you could hold the puck a little bit longer and you wouldn't have to make um, as quick as of decisions. Um, so that was – one and then I feel like the mental toughness like after every shift your legs would just be burning so I feel like just having to kind of adjust to that um, was also one of the biggest things. Now in your freshman season you had a tough quarterfinals series against Boston University uh, what was the biggest thing you took away from that series moving into your sophomore year and just talk about your first hockey East playoff experience overall? Yeah uh, so I didn't know what I was getting into. Hockey East is probably the most competitive uh, conference, I'd say. Um, I mean, I bet everybody says that, but Hockey East, like, all the schools are kind of iconic to me. I mean, BU, their old school style of play, 
And I think we've always kind of had that chip on our shoulder to beat them. Um, but yeah, that was a really crazy, like their barn, Walter Brown, um, their band there is so loud. They used to have whistles and that was the biggest thing that I hated going to Walter Brown arena. It's like you go in and their band had these whistles and they'd whistle. And I thought they would like, I thought it was like the referee whistling, but no, it was like their band is like being annoying. Um, so that was just like that kind of culture of, uh, seeing like the like rivalries between us. Uh, that was probably one of the biggest things I'll remember and take away. Um, for sure. So fun. <laughs> Yeah, and there's one particular game I want to talk to you about that happened during your sophomore season. It was the game against Boston College where you beat the number three team in the country. Uh, what was it like to upset a top 10 ranked team in Hockey East? And what did you per personally take away from that game? Yeah, man. <laughs> Trying to think back to that. Um, it was a crazy, crazy day. I mean, I think that bond that we, my team, like, had after that we were like we can do anything um it was definitely a really cool atmosphere in the locker room um I honestly don't remember the game too much <laughs> but uh, but I do remember the locker room scene after um and it was just kind of crazy I love that's what I miss was like seeing all the girls just pumped up after a good one like that now, going into your senior year, what were your goals and expectations? Because before that time period, you didn't win a playoff series with UNH yet. And there was also a large freshman class that you were, uh, that, were com that was coming into the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think we had really big, big expectations for our senior year. I know my, my senior class that year, um, we were really, really good. And I think we, we all knew what, what our capabilities were uh, for the year. Um, and then <clears throat> throughout the year, we had a really good start and we actually were really like doing really well. Um, probably one of the best years in 10 years, we were able to make it uh, to the semifinals of Hockey East. So that was awesome for us. That, but I think that really took us to another level. Um, <clears throat> and I was just a really cool thing to be a part of, I mean, a decade of not being able to get to that uh, and then being able to do that our final year. Um, that was honestly one of my best memories of, of playing for, uh, for UNH. And what type of leadership did you want to bring as a senior? Were you more of a vocal or lead by example type of player? Um, I was probably more of lead by example. I was always someone that was really good in the weight room. Um, always worked my hardest, uh, in the uh, practice setting and then obviously in the games I would um, try do all the things that I would do to get the team uh, fired up a little bit. Uh, I felt like I was a locker room kid, um, really enjoyed that atmosphere and kind of trying to pump up the girls before in the intermission. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, I felt like I was really big about the strength and conditioning aspect of um, my career. And um, I think that kind of helped us in the long run just because I don't know it made everyone better to be a little bit stronger and uh, your team finally won your first playoff series against Providence uh, this past season during your senior year uh, what emotions were you feeling after winning that series and heading into your first semifinals yeah so even before that I believe we got swept by Providence um, a couple of weeks before that um, playoff game 
And so I think we all had a chip on our shoulder uh, to play better. I think uh, for me, at least, I definitely had a chip on my shoulder. I got scratched on one of the Providence games. And I was like, you know what? Like, I need I need to when we played against them in the playoff game, I was like, um, in both of the games, I was like, all right, I need to like play to another level. Um, and I think the team all kind of felt that same way. We all kind of came together and uh, played our best hockey. That I think that was honestly like probably the, one of our best weekends um, that entire season. Um, so yeah, I think just having that chip on those shoulder really made us uh, want to beat them in the playoffs. And um, that's what we did. We, we swept them and it was iconic. Mm-hmm. And just talk about the defensive performance in that game, because I believe Providence had like 40 shots, if I remember correctly, in that game, or at least the first game. And your goalie played fantastic, and defensively mm-hmm. you played very well as well. Um, talk about mm-hmm. the defensive line that was going on before that game. Yeah, so that was one of the big things that Hillary Woods um, big about is blocking shots. Um, I remember a couple times that I like let a shot go by me. I and came back to the bench and I knew that I, I did something wrong. But yeah, she's really big about us blocking shots and uh, stepping up for the team in that regard. Getting the pucks out when we need to um, is something that we always pushed um, pushed forward to um, throughout every weekend. But I think that game, we all knew what was at stake. So we really did, um, the defensively really got into it and did really well. Now, you played your final college hockey game against UConn. Uh, what did you take away from that game? And as you're in, in just what emotions were you feeling after that game as well? Because you knew it was your final. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think at the end of the game, um, it was pretty clear that we weren't going to be able to come back. Uh, I think it was like, I honestly, I think it was 4 0. I, <laughs> I should know this. But uh, yeah, I just kind of knew like there's three minutes left and we were down by four goals and I was like, all right, like I know at least I'll have this closure, but uh, it was definitely emotional. I mean, everybody has to go through that experience um, in their hockey career. Um, I'm usually not that like um, emotional, but that time and that third period with the, that few amount of time left uh, playing competitive hockey was actually pretty tough. Uh, I had my mom and dad there in the stands. So beyond grateful uh, that they were there to kind of see I'm the baby of the child or baby of the family. Uh, so like just knowing that I'm just kind of like the last kid to, to play hockey at that level. Um, it just kind of hit home for sure. Um, unfortunately, my older brothers weren't able to make it out, but um, yeah, just having, knowing that kind of aspect um, made it a little bit more deep than, than, than usual I'd say but yeah definitely emotional um I look back on that day though all the time and I'm just it's kind of like a celebration too you know it's like I got this far into hockey I made a really good career out of it um and then being a student athlete into the corporate world um huge like honestly like I I talk to a lot of my coworkers now and a lot of them are student athletes as well. So just having like that in your back pocket and being able to talk about these experiences goes a long, long way. Um, I, I didn't think I'd really see those benefits, uh, but now like I've been working for uh, my company for almost one year, one year in June. So um, 
yeah, those are the things that I'm like just amazed to have. And I'm grateful to have that opportunity. How did you balance the academics and hockey side of being a student athlete? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, honestly, so from California, I would have to travel super far to hockey practice. So I would get off school around like three o'clock and then I would drive an hour and a half to practice and then I would practice for an hour and then I would drive an hour back home and I still had school to do um, after that. So that was, that was harder for me than playing college hockey. Uh, like college, you have everything in like a one mile vicinity. So I felt when I played in college, um, balancing academics wasn't as tough as it was in high school but I mean there are times like I just remember studying on the bus getting car sick or motion sick and um, that was the things that were really tough and like missing those classes on Friday um, those that's what drove me crazy um, I, I hated missing like I was kind of counting on Fridays and those are the classes that I really hated missing because I really needed that help of um, of just learning um, from the professor. So balancing that was pretty tough, but um, not as tough as it was for me in high school. <laughs> and does it, I guess like a, something that, I don't know if you realize this, but obviously the season got shut down like a few weeks after that game against UConn. Was it like crazy mm -hmm. to think about like how things could have been a lot differently if you won? Yeah, I know. I think if I was thinking about that too. I was like, gosh, I felt, I actually really did feel bad for the, for the teams like Northeastern and UConn, I don't think UConn made it to pass the semifinals in a very, very long as well, like long time. So seeing that get shut down and seeing those girls not being able to have that closure from hockey, um, I really, really did feel bad about that. Um, <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I think about if UNH did that or if we got through, um, it would have really broke our hearts, um, one hundred percent. And another thing I wanted to ask you was, looking back at your college hockey career, what will you remember the most from it? Hmm. Honestly, I think it's the mental toughness um, that you have to have when you play college sports. Um, <clears throat> I think about that when I worked to, like, even yesterday, I was like, man, this Monday is really tough. But I, and I was like, hmm, I think if I wasn't a student athlete, like, and the mental toughness that I learned um, from those four years and even years before that, um, I really think that is the stuff that, like, I can't, like, I, that's why I love hockey so much and, like, all of the sports that I've played. It's, like, the, it's not so much, like, playing the actual sport. It's the stuff that you, you learn from it. So, yeah, that was mental toughness for sure. Now, what was your favorite road arena you've ever played in, in college hockey? My favorite memory in college oh, hockey. Sorry, oh, the arenas? Sorry, uh, my bad. Or you can say memory too, I guess. <laughs> wait, what'd you say? I just asked you, what was your favorite road arena you've ever played in in college hockey? Oh, road arena. Penn State. We played That's Penn cool. State, uh, yeah, our last year, and it was just phenomenal. The rink was super sick. Um, and then, like, all of their amenities that they had there, it's, like, pretty cool. Um, but... Unfortunately, we only played there one time, but yeah, it was super cool there. Now, I, I guess I should ask you, what was your favorite memory in college hockey? Favorite memory? So we played Northeastern. I forget what year. I think it was my junior year. No, no, no. It was my sophomore year, and it was overtime, 
and I, I scored the game winner goal in OT. And um, just having that, Northeastern's obviously a renowned school, um, nationally ranked every single year, and being able to beat them um, in, in OT, that was my favorite, favorite college memory. What was going through your head when you scored that goal? Um, well, I wrapped it around the net, and I honestly was just kind of a desperation play, just wrap it around, put, put shots on net, and it, it squeaked by, and I was like, okay, I'll take it. And then just, like, celebrating with the team um, on the ice, and then after was unbelievable. Um, and I think about that. I have the photo of um, after scoring that goal, and um, it's definitely a wallpaper kind of, kind of photo that I'll, I'll cherish forever. Now, who was the best player you've played against in college hockey? Ooh, let's see here. Oh, what's her name? Erin Aaron Frankel? Wait, no, 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 that's the goalie. Uh, but she's super good, too. Oh, man, I forget. She, Mueller. Mueller on uh, Northeastern. She's pretty filthy. Um, I remember just she's super quick and had unbelievable hands, and I was very impressed by that. Yeah, what, what do you, how do you try to prepare for a player like that just because of the quickness and skill? As a defenseman, I feel like that's tough to prepare for sometimes. Yeah, um, I just remember she would – we would, like, at UNH, we do the videos and everything. We would always kind of, like, specify in her and make sure that we make a good – like, always have someone on her, like, all the time. So, um, as a left wing, I kind of would play D-Gent against her I mainly just back check uh, but uh, yeah it was it was really cool seeing her play and um, and she would was just absolutely filthy so we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you some non-hockey questions my first question to you is what's your favorite class you've ever taken at UNH my favorite class I took well I loved all my business classes because I actually apply them uh, to this day but I took some pretty crazy classes. Like I, I was the kid known to like take the weird classes. And I took a dance class. I am probably the worst dancer in the world, but I took a tap and jazz dance class. <laughs> There's me and this other football guy that we we did it together, like as a as a joke kinda. And it was actually awesome. Like I kind of got out of my comfort zone. Um, I had to perform like a solo in front of um, the entire class. And <laughs> I wish I had it recorded, but at the same time, I'm really glad that no one recorded it. But I took that, and I, I loved it. And then I also took um, a photography class. I used to be into photography when I was in uh, high school, and so I took it, and um, I loved it. Um, took some really cool shots, and I still have them to this day. Um, so, yeah, those two. Um, and the general elective classes at UNH are always kind of fun because it – they didn't really apply too much to your major, but you just kind of got a different sense of um, know, just different learning. It was really cool. <laughs> what were some of the shots you got to take at your photography class? Yeah, we would have to, well, we do like these scavenger hunt things. So like the, the professor would teach us like, or like tell us like what like kind of thing that we should look out for. And then like over a course of a week, we kind of, accumulate all these kind of cool photos that were kind of like on his list um so seeing that and having to compare that to like the other um or seeing like other people's photography was really cool we'd like all bring our 
prints in and then we'd kind of just kind of look at it like it was like artwork and then we'd kind of critique each other so it was really cool um yeah just kind of random like it was all kind of just like arbitrary like you can take whatever and as long as you like have like a story behind it or like I don't know just looks kind of cool it was just kind of a really cool experience to have that now if you could have lunch with anyone in the world who would it be and why <laughs> lunch with anybody in the world living and dead yeah it doesn't matter man oh man i'd probably be elon musk just yeah. because he's a baller and then like he can help me out with some stocks tell me about the bitcoin gang um so i probably yeah he would be a really cool guy i feel like he's pretty personable um not super weird maybe a little bit weird but like probably be a pretty easygoing uh conversation um so yeah i think that's who it would be yeah for, i think that would be a cool conversation just to hear how he built mm-hmm. uh tesla because a lot of people mm-hmm. didn't believe then in him and then he like kind of proved right. it wrong so i think it'd be cool to hear his story on that yeah, for sure and like his whole the boring company like he has the tunnels and all that like really cool just talking to a guy without many ideas mm-hmm. now what is your biggest pet peeve um i'm pretty tidy and <laughs> i feel like that just if so i have a couple or i have one roommate right now she's pretty clean actually but occasionally like if there's dishes like in the back in the kitchen like i'm the one to clean them up <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm the one who vacuums i'm just like a housewife but <laughs> but yeah just being like untidy is a pet peeve of mine um <clears throat> Now, what is, what music do you like to listen to on a general basis? Yeah, I'm all over the place. I really don't have like a favorite genre, um, but I guess in recent times, like the band Surfer, like the artist Surfaces, I really like them, kind of more low-key. I feel like my genre has changed now that I live on the beach. I'm like, all right, let's take it easy. Like, let's just lay down and chill. Um, but like in college, I mean, rap was always a big one in the locker room, the big booty mixes yeah iconic um and then country during the summer so i i flip around it depends on what i'm feeling what mood i'm in um or if i'm working i like i can't listen to anything with uh lyrics i have to like listen just to like jazz or like weird like (laughs) i don't know house music (laughs) yeah definitely which arena had the best road uh road warm-up mix i guess or like was it unh like which arena had the best warm-up mix i guess yeah yeah Honestly, I think UConn did. Like, we would warm up and we were, like, all jamming just, like, we would turn off our music and we would just be jamming to whatever list that they had. It was kind of <laughs> always good. Always a good warm-up up there. Now, speaking of your teammates you've had, uh, who was the funniest teammate you had at UNH? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, probably Amy Schlegel. She's from Minnesota. She was two years older than me. Um, and then her – there was another girl on our team, uh, Allie Krause, and these two together were just absolute mayhem. Um, they're honestly the coolest. They would call each other the meatballs, and uh, <laughs> just seeing those two like be a dynamic duo together, uh, the pregame warm-up things that they would do were just absolutely crazy. Like you can't like even make it up. Like you would, you would tell someone about it, and they'd be like, "Wait, what happened?" So, yeah, those two together, honestly, uh, um, they're probably the funniest people on the team. <laughs> Who was the best trash talker on the team or chirper? 
probably Amy Schlegel again. The girl is like the wittiest person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> now, you obviously had the best style on the team. I think that's pretty clear. But besides yourself, who had the best style on UNH? Oh, well, thank you. Best style, like on the ice or like oh, well, off uh, ice? Yeah. Oh, so Martha Pepez was the, she was um, a year younger than me. And she was actually my roommate. She had really good off-ice style and on-ice style. And then on-ice style, um, I'll say McGarry McManus. Uh, I thought she always had a um, good style. And Carly Turner. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, so back to some hockey questions now. What was it like uh, to play with Carly Turner and just talk about her as a teammate both on and off the ice and just the success that she had with the Pride this year? Yeah, for sure. Um, she was probably one of my closest teammates on the team. Um, being from West Coast, um, we just had that kind of bond. Um, and we always had a good time on and off the ice. Um, I, she's very, very quick, good with the puck, uh, good hockey IQ. Um, <clears throat> I always kind of looked up to her um, playing with her. Um, and I, I, yeah, I miss playing with her. Uh, it's been a little while. It's been almost like a year and a half feels like so yeah um and yeah I, I congratulate like all of those girls that all the UNH girls that were on the pride like winning that cup I mean that, it looked super fun for one and two I know there's a lot of hard work there's I mean with COVID it was pretty pretty tough as well for all of them to like get in that bubble and then leaving the bubble and all of that kind of um stuff around that I'm I'm glad that they were able to push through and and, and win and another teammate I want to ask you about is Taylor Wenskowski. What was it like to be her teammate? And just talk about the leadership that she brought uh, to your team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's probably one of the most hardworking kids um, ever that I've ever met. Um, she was always there to show up to play, um, was always there to brought her best in tenacity. Um, yeah, I miss, I miss playing with all of them. It's like so sad. Um, not being able to be there with them. I can't even like see them um, being so far away, but yeah, off the ice, Taylor was kind of like a no BS kind of person, um, which is pretty straightforward with you. And um, that was the leadership that she brought, which I really liked. Now what should be done to help grow women's hockey in your opinion? Yeah. So at least in California, like how I see it is like, there's no real good path. Um, I feel like it's still kind of like a weird way to like get recruited over here. So I've actually been kind of pursuing kind of like seminars. I haven't done it yet, but I've been thinking about it and just like kind of creating seminars and like telling these parents and their, and these kids, like how to like start the college hockey process or recruiting process in California. Um, Cause it is kind of unconventional. It's kind of weird. Um, I mean, there's the boarding school way that you can go to. Um, and I recommend that to people that uh, really want to spend that money for one and have their girls probably get recruited. But yeah, that's how I plan on like building um, women's hockey out here. Um, there's still, there's, it's kind of like a monopoly out here. Um, there's only like one um, club team that you can play on. So I, I hope, like in the years to come, there's like such a big amount of organizations that the level of play gets higher. And then hopefully college uh, 
recruiters come out here and opposed to like Boston area, they come down to California just to recruit some girls because it is a gold mine. Um, and I think about it like my California wave team, there's probably 12 girls that went to Division One. Um, so it is a gold mine. Uh, there's a lot of talent. You have being in California, like when you play in like in 14s to 16s and so on, um, there's a lot of dedication to that. Um, I said that earlier, but I mean, the skating coaches that we have out here too are really good. Um, I used to go to this guy named Larry Barron. Um, and I think that's where I also like became a really good player, just spending all that time and in, in the skills aspect of hockey. Now, what advice would you give younger players, I guess, trying to make a, a Division One college hockey scholarship? Yeah. Well, I'd say one, at least for girls, uh, to like, <laughs> kind of weird, but like hit the gym. Like, I feel like when I was like 14 years old, I started to work out a little bit more. I didn't do like crazy lifts or anything like that, but I do like pretty moderate like kettlebell workouts. Um, I would start to kind of get the text techniques down for like Olympic weightlifting. But um, I think that brought like a whole new level to my game. I wasn't getting bumped off the puck as easier. I got faster. Um, and just having that little bit more strength um, goes a long way. I think <clears throat> like the, my trainer, Chris Martin, um, who I used to go to, he's a big advocate in that as well. Um, and uh, I think that's one thing is to hit the gym and then also respecting the process um, I know like it can be a little tough sometimes, um, if you're not getting recruited by the schools, you don't want to get, or that if you're not getting recruited by the schools that you want, uh, that can be a little tough, but I'm a big believer in like everything happens for a reason. So, um, that's one thing, but you can always try to work harder too. I, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I would say that just hit the gym and respecting the process and just kind of doing everything that you can to to be your best. Now, is there any shout outs you want to give uh, to your teammates, friends, or family members? I try to mention some people throughout the interview, but if there's someone I missed, feel free to shout yeah, them out. For sure. I mean, my parents are obviously, I feel like everybody says that, but they're honestly like the financial dedication that you have to pursue hockey with. It's like pretty insane. I mean, the, the amount of flights that my parents sent or like bought for me to get recruited and the hotels and the hockey equipment and the medical bills, they just all accrue. Um, so I'm extremely grateful that I was able to play hockey. Um, and then <clears throat> having their support through those four years, um, being a lot of long phone calls, a couple tears here and there. Uh, so just having them as a backboard and always having their support, it's honestly um, something that I'm, internally grateful for um so those two and then my brothers uh my oldest brother is the one that got us into hockey so uh it's pretty crazy and um my other brother has always been a big supporter of me as well so just having a really good tight family um that's that's my shout out well thank you so much for coming on nicole i really appreciate your time i wish you all the best uh in the future and your hockey endeavors and take care and stay safe. And thank you so much for doing this. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. All the time you spent. It's so cool. 
Thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. I really appreciate it, and it means a lot to me. Make sure you follow our social media accounts, and I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care, everyone, and have a great day. Bye. To keep it nice and clean Not freak out and cause a scene I try to hold it together Keep it together Not sure who I really am Just be cute and super bland I try to hold it together Keep it together Been playing it down But I'm so getting tired Now won't you meet Let up some steam I'm not the one to say no